Welcome to Building Safe Workplaces, a podcast where experts dedicated to workplace health and safety review relevant industry topics. This podcast is brought to you by the Health and Safety Council. Hello, welcome to HASC's podcast, Building Safe Workplaces, casual talk about serious matters. My name is Dick Hanna. I'm the Vice President of Learning and Innovation here at HASC, and joining me is Keith Mitchell. Pete, why don't you go ahead and tell us what your title is and what you do. Thank you. Um, my name is Pete Mitchell. I am currently with, uh, with the GMA Garnet Group, and I am the Vice President of New Market Development and Technical Management, management for our company. How long have you been there? I've been with GMA 15 years. 15 years. So yes. you have a lot of time in this industry. Absolutely. I'm probably about I've got close to 30 years. And so tell me about some of the highlights of the last 30 years. What have you done? What What have you liked, and how has it contributed to this industry? I've it, it's been interesting because I've I, I evolved from a more mechanical and and plant um, background in the beginning. I was I was doing more maintenance and and engineering, and now the industry that, that I'm in is actually the corrosion you know corrosion um, protect and protection industry. For coating, blasting, any any you know, protecting the assets of, of all the oil and gas plants, I've really been in this one for about twenty years. I kind of through some of my other my other jobs that I had, I was using some of the products that are also used in this industry, and so the whole blast market came in. It just it, it kind of became my side job, and now is my almost full time job. Wonderful. <laughs> And so you and, you and I met a couple of weeks ago at your monthly meetings for the Houston Coding Society? Yes. So tell us about that. Coding Society is a, is a very interesting group. It's been around since 1956 in the Houston area. It's a, it's, a, it's a group of, it's a very diverse group of anyone that has anything to do with the corrosion or, or anything in our oil and gas industry. And, and there's actually people that it's not even just oil and gas, there's DOT and bridge. It's anyone that's in the asset protection, like for painting, sandblasting, fireproofing, anything like that. And so it's, it's, it's a group that you don't have to be a certain person on the, on, the, on the ladder to be able to come to our group. We have people that are the actual sandblasters. We have vice presidents of companies and everything in between. And it, unlike, unlike going into a plant, one of the interesting, I mean, you go into a plant and everybody's in sections in their own divisions and they talk amongst their divisions and they talk amongst their hierarchy and that's it. And half of them don't even know the other 5,000 people that work in the plant. Where we go together as a group, we're all coding members. So it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting mix of people from all different parts of the plants, all different jobs, all different levels in the companies, and it brings some pretty interesting conversations. So it sounds like it's breaking down some walls. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's been around since 56? 56, yeah. It started back in 56, uh, a small group of one of, one of our, our old companies that, was, that they, were, they were just bought out a few years ago, but Motley. Industrial that was right here in um, in Deer Park, uh, the Motley family and some of the other you know coatings people around around town kind of got together and formed us as a group to start having some monthly meetings and start giving back to the industry. And it's just evolved into this. It's, it's a it's, it's a really unique organization. So tell us within that organization what 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 benefits are there to members 
and what what do you provide to the industry specifically? We are, I mean, we're we're a nonprofit organization, and and basically we have we have our monthly meetings where we have guest speakers come in. Like that's how I met you. You came and gave a great presentation on adult, you know, furthering adult education, and which we all need. And it it we we have the monthly meetings. We have we have. Other events, we have painters competitions where we get together and... What's a painters competition? Pa painters competition was, we got to, and it was actually just last Saturday. And so we got together, we had 10 contractors from the contractors around town. They each, you know, they submitted a team. And there's a three-man team. You got a painter, a helper, and, and, a, and a safety guy. And just like, it's kind of like what you would add on a job site, right? And they had a panel that they had to paint, and they had to go through all their safety protocols, just like you were setting up a full job. And they were timed. They were judged on the quality of the paint. They were judged on how they followed the safety rules. And But, I mean, it's our only family event that we have all year. So we had... We had an entire section with kids' games and face painting and bounce houses and all that for the children. We had a barbecue. We had a live band. But all the families, the, the moms and dads and the kids get to come in and see what mom and dad do for a living. So they, they came in and got to see that and got to interact with all the people. We had about, we had it over at the Pasadena Convention Center, and we had about 425 people. Wow. And, then, and because we have it so close to Easter, now, a few years ago, we actually had it on a Saturday before Easter, and uh, we decided to have an Easter egg hunt, and so that's become part of our thing. So with the kids, not only with everything else that we've done in the competition, when they're done blasting or when they're done painting, we all go over and the kids get to go on a big Easter egg hunt and really just enjoy the family. It's, it's a good family interaction. What I like so, about that is not only are you giving back to industry, but you're also giving back to the community, right. and you're expanding industry into the community. I think that's outstanding. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been it's been very good because we have that we have a trade show which is actually the twenty second of this month. It's coming up, and we have over seventy two vendors. It's in the Pasadena Convention Center, but it's it's people from all over. It's people from all over our industries, all different types of business. We have a crawfish boil. We have outdoor demos, and it's basically open to anybody that wants to come. So you can come see what we're doing and it's not like going to a normal trade show to where you go in and there's the hard sales pitch and you know do this thing it's more of it's a very laid back environment even though we have booths and things that you can come talk to people about it it's really it's a social gathering and we give away prizes and we have a band play and it's, it's again another social event but it's not for, it's not we don't let kids come to this one this one's just you can bring your spouse but it's a it's a it's an all day and into the night um, trade show unlike others. So we do a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you and our generous sponsors. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. It sounds a lot like what we do with our tailgate every year, and where it just brings that community aspect into the industry and allows us to expand out into the community in a really uh, unique way. Right, and I, and I was told I was told by our group that I'm supposed to say we want to do more things like your tailgate, and we want to get involved with it. So, so I was supposed to bring that up, and I did. Well, 
I'll make sure that the right groups get it, and it's great that you're comparing it to our tailgate. I love being the standard. There, well, there's there's more, and this is part of what we talked about too, because there's there's our group, there's 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 what you do too. There's there's multiple little groups around town that we're all kind of hitting the same industry, and realistically, we shouldn't be each month just having our own little thing and worrying about ourselves. I really I like this cross pollinating and and helping each other and maybe doing maybe doing social events and things together to bring the awareness. I, I think we need to be doing more of that. Outstanding. So you're the president of this, the coding system. I'm the, I'm the vice president vice. this year. We have, we have an executive board. It's a four-member board, you know, secretary, treasurer, vice president, president. And you've got your one year in office, and we each take our turn, you know, in the saddle there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm the vice president this year. And so what's your biggest challenge? Um... My, I mean, I mean, part of what I do, the vice, the vice president is in charge of getting the guest speakers, um, and and keeping that, keeping that fresh, you know, keeping that. I mean, what, I, I don't, I don't know. Not only do I want the people that are members of the coding society to say, oh, I'm going this month and want this presentation. I want someone that's never been to the coding society before to see who's presenting and go, wow. We ought to go over and listen to that. Uh, the coding society, it's an interesting group, but I want to see the speaker. And so that's the vice president's job is to bring that to the table. And, and I'm helping out quite a bit with the marketing and the building of our group, trying to trying to really pump up our membership. And, and you know, groups, groups memberships tend to fluctuate. They'll get, a little, they'll get a little stale sometimes, and you need to bring some new blood. You need to bring some... We thrive with having a diverse group, like I said in the beginning. And and you get to a group that has all vendors, well, vendors don't want to sit around and talk to each other. Or you get a group that's all contractors, well, they don't want to tell secrets to each other. The object is to have a really nice, even mix of everybody that's on the poll because then it's then it's a great, you know, then we have great discussions and good meetings. That's, yeah, a lot of variety. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's what's really on my plate this year. So how have you seen the Coding Society's role in industry change or uh, grow in terms of leadership or training? We, in our group, in our group, we've got, we've got several bits. I mean, we, we've done our monthly meetings and we have our, we have our presentations. We, we've gone through times where we've had presentations that are just kind of going over and it's, it's a little fluff. We've had our times where we've had presentations that have really come in, and I think some of these presentations have been game changers for people because they take something back to the plant that, wow, this is great. So what's an example of one of those? I mean, I'm going to pat your back because you, the one that you did last month where you came in with the adult education a lot and, and your virtual training. I mean, the guys, uh, I don't know that anybody in the room had seen that before. Um, we've had some, we've had some new technology things that have come in that people didn't that, that never never even thought about. We had a guy come in with drones showing us how they can do drone inspections, and we've got inspectors in the room that spend their days climbing up these ladders and hanging from the side of tanks, you know, 100 feet in the air. And uh, this guy comes up and shows how you can stand on the ground with a drone and do it. So I mean, there's game changing things that really come across that that have been great. Um, that's part of what we're trying to get back to it. We also, you know, part of our message has been to help people in our industry. We give out scholarships like the, the painters competition. The first, second place winners get, uh, uh, well, it was NACE, but it's an AMP now. They get a, they, they each get a certification class. And it's, it's, I mean, the values, it's probably an $1,800, $1,900 class. 
that they win if they get it. We also at the end of the at the end of the year we give scholarships to groups like that, that that are in our industry something that they can go get a certification that helps them up in their job. And the other thing that we do is we give out we also give out scholarships like we give anywhere from nine to up to fifteen scholarships a year. Anybody that's a member of our group that is in good standing comes at least you know three times a year and does some things can can put put a person a child you know kid's name in the hat for a scholarship and so a lot of the kids or even if it's an employee if it's an employee at your company that that's struggling a little bit would like to go to school we give out scholarships that are up to twelve hundred dollars and we give out probably a good you know ten to fifteen of those a year that's outstanding and yep. what I like about that is it sounds like you're promoting both you know, your profession but also the industry for people just entering the industry but also to help with career development. Absolutely. One of the things, my, my past positions was a director of career development for a company that had about 7,000 people. And finding ways to engage with your employees and help them realize the benefits of staying in, in this industry and building a career here is, is something I was very passionate about. It sounds like you were too. Absolutely. And, that, and, so, you know, and that's part of like, my challenge right now, bringing people in, is that a lot of people go to groups like this. Salesmen tend to flock to groups like this for networking, mm-hmm. right? You go in the door because, wow, I'm going to get all these sales off this thing. And they walk in the door with their sales hat on and just start pounding it down. And, and it is a good, these groups are good places to find that because you find those type of people. But that's the fastest way to get thrown out of one of these groups is, is to come in with the hardcore sales pitch. And it's interesting that they, they may come in the door with that key and then realize, well, one, I can get networking. Wow, I can actually advance my career. I can learn about other things. And even in their own, you know, it's, we're, we're wanting to help the other people. We're wanting to bring up the other employees in the business. But also a lot of these people, I mean, these people come in that are vice presidents of companies that, you know, I know everything about everything about my my area well they come in and there's 10 more areas that sometimes they're just flabbergasted they're like they're like wow i never even knew that i learned something from it right so that, that's really you know kind of our goal well i'm glad you brought that up about them being flabbergasted and so let's talk about one of those times in terms of technology and what have you seen in terms of technology that your uh, members might use that has really been a game changer that we may not know about um, I mean, the, 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 the recent, the most recent things that we've had, we've had several, several meetings where we hit things that, you know, electronic type things, um, new test equipment. I mean, the test equipment every day, what they can, what they can read versus just looking across and saying, ah, that paint looks good. You know, you, you can actually scan, you can see, you know, the metal thicknesses, you can know all those kind of things. And, and so, so just the different levels of test equipment that we're starting to see now to be able to really understand when is that tank going to need to be painted? When is that this going to have to happen? That, that's, I think it's a game changer for the plants to be able to really manage their corrosion control. Um, and, then, and then out of the blue, that guy came uh, months ago with the drones. And one, one, the drone was really cool because the drone would the drone could fly around and do a visual, like, like you got an offshore oil rig. And you're trying to inspect the cut the paint. Well, how do you go crawl around one of those things safely out there in the thing? Well, you throw a drone out, and the guy within an hour goes all the way around it, completely scans, looks at it, and you've got a full map that you can go sit in a room and say, we've got to fix this spot, this spot, this spot. Well, then he blindsided as he came out, and he says, and I've got this other drone that I can fly around the tank. 
and I can scan it, and I can tell you the metal thickness, the coating thickness, I can tell you where there's corrosion, I'm like... Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Bringing those two together, where you it's were beautiful. talking about the technology, and you said, hey, they've got these measurement capabilities that are far superior to what they used to be. Now you also have the drone. Bring those two together, and you've got something. He's, he, they, they, had a, they had a, I mean, not to, not to you know, throw his sales pitch out here, but I mean, he had, a, he had a drone that he was talking about that, you know, you've got plants that you can't go into their airspace. He's got a drone that can fly around the perimeter and not even cross the property line into the plant, and he can still scan and get get readings. And, and actually, he could even draw three D three D drawings. So, so yeah, so mapping. So things things like that have been fantastic. I mean, you know, you came in there the other day with it, and you had uh, you, virtual reality. You had the virtual reality, and I and it was interesting. I mean, I, I you know. We joke a little bit about. I mean, it's a it's a it's a critical role in these plants, but we joke about the fire watcher, right? You go into the plant, you got a fire watcher, and it's like, yeah, get that job. You sit on a lawn chair with your feet propped up all day. Well, the fire watcher's pretty critical. It's a pretty critical guy. You know, it's, it, we're joking about it, but it's not. But I wouldn't know. I mean, I think okay, I'll sit around and look for a fire. Well, I mean, going through your head headset and thinking and, and looking for them and knowing which fire extinguisher to go to. I went, I did it for about five minutes like that, and I walked away like, wow, I can see how this is this is pretty cool and it brings real world to it. Without, I mean, everyone says you need on the job training. That's the only way to learn. Well, we're proving that that's not true. That's you know? outstanding, and I think what I also like about that is I remember a lot of times I was always asked for KPIs and data. Right? Give me the data. Don't just look at something and say, ah, I think it's this. Show me the data. Right. And you were talking about your measurement capabilities and combining that with the drone, for instance. All of a sudden, you can give data and video recordings to the decision makers and you say, no, this is why you need to do this right now. Here's the data. Absolutely. Helps them make those critical decisions. Absolutely. All right. So this is uh, the Health and Safety Council. And you brought up safety just a bit when you were talking about crawling around on rigs in order to inspect what other safety innovations have you seen in the past, let's say, 10 years? Well, I mean, and, and, and safety's, safety really can break it down into multiple areas. You know, I mean, every, everyone sees safety as, well, you know, put those cords away so you don't trip and don't, and don't put a bad ladder out there like it's a physical thing. Um, there's all different types of new, new equipment. We have our speaker, our speaker this week or tomorrow night, or actually it's tonight, uh, is speaking on a new type of technology that, that is, a, is a plank that can go under and lift up the pipes off the rack so you can go in and blast and do it. And, and it's a safe way of doing this versus going over Portland. So, so there's little things like that. But you also, I mean, we're out there with coatings, you know, paints, uh, chemicals, all those things out there, and just the evolving rimmer lead paint. You know, you, you've got things like that. Our, 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 our chemicals that we're using are getting better, and you're seeing safety things on it now and, and new warnings. And, oh, you can only use it here. Oh, but look, we found this new one. And even to the point, like, I mean, my, my side of this is abrasives, right? I work for an abrasives company for, for sandblasting. And for years, everyone's like, let's just throw the pot and blast. Well, now it's come out. There's a new silica ruling that, that came out a few years ago. There's a new beryllium awareness and ruling that came out. There's heavy metals in some of these things. So some of these products that people have been just throwing in a pot and blasting, now there's an awareness out there that, hey, you know, our, 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 our brothers and, and sisters are out there breathing this and taking it home. 
and taking it home, or maybe even taking it home to their kids. You know, you got it on your uniform when you go home. So even from that standpoint, something as little as that, that you wouldn't think about the dust that you carry home, there's been new awarenesses. So all across the whole safety side, the plants are really, and, and the industry itself, had just the awareness to some of these things. It's not like we're trying to make it towards impossible to work. But, but we don't need to die in Ford either. So I, I think, and, and the biggest safety thing for our group, for, for petrochemical, is whoops, that plant caught on fire. Or whoops, that plant exploded. And everyone thinks, oh, well, if a plant exploded, some, somebody went over and lit a match, or somebody went over and did such and such. Well, not necessarily. It may have done that because someone didn't either paint or prep something right, and it corroded, and it blew apart. Well, and, and, and you wouldn't think, oh, well, I'm blaming this fire on the fact that someone didn't do general maintenance, proper maintenance. And so that's actually the biggest thing in our, from us, from a corrosion thing. I mean, everyone likes to look at it like it's a saving dollars, but you've got the, each one of these plants, there's 5,000 people in those plants. You have an explosion at a plant when there's 5,000 people all huddled inside that fence, what happens? So that, that's probably the biggest thing that, that us that we think about is that it's not that it's not just that we want that to look pretty for a longer period of time. It needs it needs to handle the chemicals that are in it. We need we need to be safe. We need to be protected from it. So yeah, so rarely do you get that insight from someone who's a professional and an expert in these things. And so it's unique. It's, it's interesting to hear. So we've been talking about technology and evolution and te- technological revolutions. In this case, I want you to kind of vision cast out further than right now and go 10 years out. Where do you see this going? What are some of the technological revolutions that you might want to see within 10 years? Two, two sides. Two, two sides of that specifically. One, one with our with our coatings and our preparation with the, with the, with the as we're evolving into, we're, we're figuring out we should have prepared better on this and the coating would have lasted or, but, I mean, not or, it's more of an and, this, the coatings are getting better. So, I mean, if, if you know that you're protecting against something like that, knowing that every two years I'm gonna have to do it so that we're safe, well, what if we, what if we advance it and we prepare it better and we, and we coat it better to where we know it has 10 years? Well, everyone looks at that like, oh, well, that'll make, that'll make the bean counters happy because we only have to do it once every, once every 10 years instead of five times every 10 years. Well, yeah, but you also think about the safety level that you're really not over there tiptoeing around it, scared that something's going to happen because you know that it was done right. So, I mean, the co- those type of things and the new advancements and what we're doing in the sealers and the fireproofing now that they're putting on things, you know, they're, they're putting this, these crazy fireproofing that, that the, the heat level that they'll withstand you know, so that so that you so that the plant doesn't fall to the ground and explode before the before the people can get over there and put it out. That that has been, you know, that that has been that's been tremendous for our industry. But throwing that back towards what you said about technology, more and more, I mean, it's like what you see in the military where you've got the drones flying versus putting a pilot in it, and if it gets shot down, you don't lose somebody. Right. Well, we've got guys on ladders. We got guys hanging from things. You, you, you're able to do something on a drone, and, and do that to where you're not physically having to put them in harm's way up there. Or, you know, if you're able to, like from from our side, blasting, you're starting to see robots. 
You know, the guys, instead of instead of having two guys up hanging on a scaffolding with all these hoses and trying to do it, you've got the guy down on the ground. I mean, every kid coming out of high school right now can play video games, right? That's their specialty now. That's their major. You know, it's some, it's some, te- some technology. Digital natives. You know. Yeah, exactly. And so, so to get these guys to, instead of being up there and being physical and having to do all this, you got a robot crawling up the wall and the guy's got his two thumbs driving it and that robot just happens to be doing the work of three people what's the other problem we have out right now is getting people mm-hmm. i mean if, if you need 10 people to do a job and you just know it needs 10 people and you can only find three qualified you hire 10 people and seven of them aren't qualified and that's and that's just truth what's happening right now because you have to have one bodies if you could go in with three or four good qualified people and still get the job done of 10 because you use technology like here it's a win-win right so, I mean, I think that's that's another one, too, is that these things to where you're actually able to use more equipment on these things like that, I think that's, that, that's going to be huge in our industry. Yeah, it sounds like This episode is brought to you by Clean Harbor's HydroChem PSC, Coastal Ice and Water, Evergreen North America, and First Financial Bank. For a full list of sponsors, visit www.hasc.com slash sponsorship. So all of this has been a great discussion, and one of the things I like to do is kind of end up with a case study, right? I like to hear the stories that people have that go a little more in-depth about what they've seen throughout their careers that involve what their discussion point is. And so that's why I had that question about what, 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 what are some of the events in the past, or one event that you was significant in your past, the transformative moment uh, for you? Uh, that, that kind of changed the way you saw the world or changed the way you saw the industry? I mean, really in the beginning when I got into this, when I, when I was at, I mean, I looked at it like probably most people out there is, oh, you're a painter? You know, you think about the guy painting your house or, or you're a blaster or, you're, or you're, you're this or that. The getting into, really getting into these facilities was, was one of the biggest game changers for me because going through the gate and driving through and going, oh my goodness, look how many surfaces in this place. Look how many weird this. Look how many hazardous chemical hazardous this. It really is eye-opening. I, I, I'm not saying that you have to be scared of the 225 corridor, but there's some, there's some pretty important things going on in those plants and things that we need out there, but, but it's not the safest place in the world. And knowing that there's people, that there's groups that are in there that are in nothing but making sure that this stays together and we're not going to have an explosion, we're not going to have this problem, was really interesting. But, but the, just, just the level of ice drive up and down and, and look back and forth and think, wow, you see everything that has a coated surface on it, wow, that's going to be my business. But really, when you get in there and you understand, oh, it has to be like this because look, I'm looking at this and looking at all the intricate parts. You know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's got to be it's got to be like a it's got to like you know a, a surgeon in medical you know going to medical school and saying, yeah, once you cut first time you cut them open, there's a lot of neat stuff in there. And then he opens it up and goes, holy gosh, <laughs> look at all this. Yeah, I hope he doesn't say that. Yeah, yeah, you hope he doesn't, especially if he's on me. So, but no, it's, it, 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 it's, it, that, that was one of the, that was one of the bigger things with it and seeing the, seeing the involvement and, and seeing the, the, the preparation. You, you go into a thing and you see 20 people in a room planning a job and like, well, what are y'all going to do? Well, we're going to paint that building. How many monkeys does it take to paint a building? 
and, and, and then you realize, well, no, it's critical that inside inside this has this chemical, and it has this, and it has to have a life expectancy of this, and you have to have this, and everyone's planning out. And to go throw a coat of paint on something that you would think is may take six months worth of planning and project, and to see the level of people that they bring to the table and the scope of you know you read a scope of work like wow, <laughs> you know y'all are serious about this. Well, and it, it brings to mind what you're what you're saying about expertise, right? There, there's more expertise behind this than absolutely many, many might think. And the more I stay in this industry, the more I realize there's all these different areas of expertise I have no clue were there. For instance, I didn't know the Coding Society of Houston was there. I didn't know they did monthly meetings. And so I was very happy that you were, uh, allowed me to come speak to your group. And I'm glad they did get something out of it. And, and I, I hope everyone who hears this podcast gets something out of our, our talk today. I appreciate your coming by. I know it wasn't the easiest trip, but I, I think this was worthwhile. And I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for coming. Sounds great. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Thanks for listening to Building Safe Workplaces. Be sure to tune in next time for another exciting episode. Till then, stay safe and stay healthy.